thank you for tuning in to Trevor Talks Podcast, where we talk to real people about real topics and real stories. You know, today's show is just going to be a whole lot of fun, but not the normal kind of fun, more like an insightful yet intriguing therapy session, if that makes sense. Today, we're being joined by my friend Tanner Olson. Tanner is an author, speaker, poet, and a full-time dog dad to a cutie named Pancake, and I'm sure he's a great husband too, but you know... Uh, do you agree with that? Maybe just w- a good husband, but it. great dog dad. That's, oh, that's I would the, say for sure. Yeah. Wonderful. Dog that's dad. what you're getting booked for speaking engagements based <laughs> off pancake, right? Oh, he books half. Yeah. He's my manager. Yeah. Yeah. PR whole nine yards. Tanner, thanks for joining us. I'm super pumped to have you on. It's good to be here. Yeah. I was doing a zoom show this morning with uh, ninth graders in San Antonio and at the okay. end of the show, so I shared some poetry and at the end we were doing a Q&A and that everyone was like, we just want to see your dog and then we'll get to the questions. So I was like, all right. So I brought Pancake in and then we'd answer some questions. What is Pancake? A doodle? Yeah, he's a golden doodle. So here's, here's the situation. I love dogs. However, I'm allergic to dogs. So we had to get a hypoallergenic dog. So ah. it was, yeah. So I, I feel guilty now. People are like, you should, you should adopt. Like I would love to adopt, but you can't like adopt a golden doodle. Mm-mm. So few and bad. far between there. I've got a little, uh, podcast co-host over here. I'm at, um, one of my friends, Brian's house here in the good old Nashville area. And I got Tyson here. He had cancer and, uh, you know, he can't go outside with other ones to make sure the place is quiet for this. So uh, he's sitting here with me. So shout out to Tyson, your cancer survivor. I love you, buddy. We're going to get through this, okay? But back to Pancake. The dude's cute. Yeah. He's got his own following on Instagram. Yeah, you know, I was, we got him. I was like, I, should I? Should I be one of those people who makes an account for their dog? And I was like, I will. But I'll be honest, I don't use it that often. Uh, mm. So I'm pretty bad at keeping up with it. So uh, don't know yeah, he's the... got a little following. People know him. Yeah. Uh, we'll walk around our neighborhood here and people don't know our names, but they're like, oh, hi, Pancake. Good to see you, Pancake. So he is definitely taken over as the star of the show. Well, I love if there that was a so show. much. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Written to Speak is your own show, which you started Written to Speak in 2013, so almost a full decade ago. Yeah. Um, I really want to dive in, like, first and foremost, outside of the dog. That was the main questions I had, so we can just end the interview now, two minutes in. But I really want to hear about the heart behind Written to Speak and where that kind of started for you. 2013, where was your headspace? What is Written to Speak? So I graduated from college in 2012. And like most people who graduate college, they know exactly how the rest of their life is going to play out. Uh, they don't have any student debt. They have all the answers in the world and a great job. So I graduated and I moved from Milwaukee area down to St. Louis, Louis and started a job there. And I've always loved writing, but I didn't know it could be a job or a career. But I would find myself most evenings uh, writing in a notebook or listening to poetry or reading other kind of writers and authors and just wanting to do exactly what they do. Um, six months into my first full-time job, I was let go, and which wasn't fun. Uh, it was one of those where the floor gets pulled out from underneath you and you're left wondering, mm-hmm. like, you know, now what? Like, what am I going to do now? You know, I, I don't have insurance. I don't have a paycheck and I have to pay rent. Uh, so naturally, the smart choice was for me to become a poet. <laughs> so I started writing uh, I remember I, I launched a Kickstarter because I was going to release a spoken word album. And I'd never done this before. 
I had shared maybe three or four poems in person before with other people. Uh, maybe a handful of people knew that I was actually a writer or that I was interested in poetry. But then I started doing all the things, you know, created a Facebook page, uh, started putting poems out there, um, tried to, to book shows and events where I would speak and share poetry as well. Um, and so the heart of it kind of just started was uh, I had some things that I wanted to share. And I thought that uh, through poetry, there was a way to share things that I knew to be true, the things that I was learning, the things that I was wrestling with in a unique and new way that people could hold it in their hands. Different from a message or a sermon, different from a song, but like the way that poetry works is it just kind of finds people and meets them in strange ways. Um, and so I wanted to offer that. And so, I first, so when I started, I, I was so bad. Oh, my early stuff is terrible. It's not good at all. But, you know, like if you're willing to be bad at something, you might just become good at it. And so it's yeah. taken several years for me to kind of get some uh, to, to realize that this was my voice as a writer. This is my voice as a poet. Um, like in my poetry these days, like I might make a joke. I might talk about my dog. I'm going to talk about Space Jam. Like I'm going to but I'm going to say things that hopefully go straight to the heart because they're right from the heart. Uh, so, yeah, written to speak started. I uh, basically just hide behind the name of it. Uh, but the idea of it is to to spread hope and to announce love through honest words, uh, whether that's poetry, blog posts, uh, messages, whatever it is. Mm. Yeah. And the first thing I remember um, being introduced to was on your Instagram page, that written to speak page, you have like little sheets of paper that you'll just write encouraging notes on. And I found that to be not only therapeutic, but you know, social media has so much noise surrounding it. Like, I get overwhelmed. Like I used to look at numbers and just base identity off of that almost. And just finding that simple, encouraging note was so beneficial. And it encouraged me to like uh, use the Apple pencil and like try to write encouraging things on that and be a little more artistic. Um, mm -hmm. And there was a season of life where that was a form of therapy for me. And I did it very heavily. Um, and it was influenced by the stuff you did. So I was like, you know, just what's more vulnerable than your handwriting? Like on social media, you can be vulnerable with your voice. You can share about mental health, but a lot of people hide behind graphics or hide behind their at name and such. And I was like, I felt convicted. It's like, I need to be more vulnerable. And that was kind of the start of the vulnerability journey for me. Mm -hmm. um, but where did you first get the idea to just start writing little encouraging things for social media? Because like I said, so much noise, so many filters, they're unfiltered. Like it's just raw encouragement. Yeah, well, as a, I don't know, the internet is a big game, right? Uh, and all of us are just losing, you know, but mm -hmm. I I knew that I wanted to share something daily and I wanted to find a way to speak openly and honestly, uh, to be vulnerable, but also to, to not be like that, uh, like the fake vulnerable. Like I just wanted to be, I wanted to be myself because uh, yeah. when you get on the internet, it's really hard to find people who are actually themselves and, um, and I wanted to be that. And I think I do that at, like, fairly well, or at least I try to. Um, I don't want to be somebody that I'm not. Uh, and this is the best way for me to go about doing that. I'm not a photographer. I am not a designer, but I am a writer. And I really enjoy the, the art of writing and the way the pen feels against a piece of paper and the simplicity of it. Uh, I'm a big fan of keeping things simple, mostly because I don't know how to make them complicated or intricate. Uh, and I know that there's beauty in complicated and intricate things, but I also know that there's beauty in simple 
things like a ripped piece of paper with crooked words. Um, but I just, I found a home doing that and I'm a person of repetition. Uh, I like my routine. And so I just kind of started to be that, uh, I haven't, you know, I've tried to do other things as well. Um, and it's hard to make a shift. It's hard to make a change, but I really just enjoy writing something simple, um, that somebody, like I said earlier, can just like hold in their hand and make theirs. Um, but yeah, there is, there is a level of vulnerability that, that comes with it. Uh, but at the same time, on the internet, you're allowed to share what you want to share and what you don't want to share. And so for me, a lot of it is just like, I wrote this, I know why I wrote this, but for you, this poem is going to find you differently, you know? Yeah. And there he is the legend. Um, I, I really find your, even the cover art for your two books, just so simple yet intriguing. And I love them so much. So, um, I, I think Pancake is speaking to you, but yeah, he wants to be on the podcast. Yeah, well, he he has his moment there. So <laughs> I want to I really want to dive into the process behind the cover art because it's so simplistic, but it's it's probably my favorite yet. It almost reminded me of um, a separate project. It kind of spoke volumes, the simplicity behind it, the matte covers, um, their poetry books. So they you had to find a way to communicate your message. The first book, I'm all over the place, as well as as we go, like they all have their own little messages to them. So what's the thought process behind starting with the cover art and then into the poetry itself? Yeah. So uh, for the first one, I'm all over the place. I started just messing around on uh, good old Canva because I was like, I want to, I'm not, like I said, I'm not a designer. Um, you could run a multi-million dollar company off Canva, just saying. But you can't tell people that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can do it though. <laughs> but can't, yeah, my, uh, my slogan for Canva is Canva can. But I was just messing around one day because I knew I wanted to create, I knew I wanted to release a book. And um, I was working with a friend and, and she kind of drew up this, the truck that was on there. And uh, all throughout high school and college and even after college, I drove around in a red Ford pickup truck, a red Ranger named Red Ross. And I drove that car, that truck all over the place, kind of hence the title. Um, but it was, it's a book of poems, prayers, and wonderings. And I liked, I like yellow cause it's my mom's favorite color and it's bright. Um, and then just the truck, the simplicity of it is, Hey, what's that about? Uh, I know this isn't going to be, <laughs> I know this isn't going to be a book about cars. Uh, <laughs> after, after a show I did up in Wisconsin, like two years ago, uh, someone was like, I, I want more of your poetry. And I was like, well, it's in this book. And they were like, but it's a book of cars. And I was like, no, there's just a truck on the cover. Uh, <laughs> How to explain that. Um, but yeah, I wanted to keep it simple, mostly because the words on the inside are simple. Uh, but on my first book, I'm all over the place. And in the second book, As You Go, uh, As You Go has a little picture of a paper airplane. And that's the, the idea behind that is, well, that's what these ripped up poems really are. They're pieces of paper that are kind of tossed in your direction for you to unfold, open up and, and kind of see where uh, where it's going to take you, where it's going to lead you or where it's come from. Um, but again, man, yeah, I'm not a designer. I just wanted to create something simple. And uh, my friend, uh, James Seleska, did the artwork and the design and the layout for the last book or for my book, As You Go, uh, which was super helpful. He knows exactly what he's doing. And I would, I just said to him, I said, just make it look good um, and then tell me that it looks good. Because I honestly don't know if it does or doesn't look good. 
Yeah, like uh, the map finish, everything about it, even uh, down to like you sent the little pins and the bookmarks, everything to go with it. Like there, it, it was just super dope. And I found it intriguing as someone like um, for my agency, one of the things we do is we design book covers and help people get their stuff ready to go out to the world. Um, mm-hmm. And I wouldn't change anything on it. Like, I think it's phenomenal. But with all that being Thank said, you. talking mm-hmm. about, yeah, <laughs> talking about written to speak, talking about your social media, the encouraging messages, the poetry behind it. What's your story? Like, where did everything start for you? Um, were you always the artsy guy, the soft-spoken poet, or is that something that you had to truly find for yourself? I, I think that if you were to go back to my middle school, high school self and my friends, and you were to visit us in the past and say, hey, Tanner, you're going to be a poet. I think I, everyone would just laugh. Like it, that wasn't that wasn't ever going to be a thing. When I was in middle school and even in high, like my world revolved around basketball and church. Like those were the two things. That's what all I did. I would play basketball, go to my games, practice. And then on weekends, Wednesday nights, we would do church stuff. Um, so that's really where I made, made, made my home. I was on the basketball court or in the pew. Um, and for the longest time, I thought that I was going to be a youth leader, which I got to do for a little while, or I was going <laughs> to... I was going to be in the NBA, which looking back, that was never going to happen. I'm five foot 10, terrible knees, great jump shot, but it was never going to happen. Or at least it hasn't happened yet, but we know it's never going to happen. Yeah. But that's kind of what I thought like my life was going to be. Like it was going to be either church or basketball. Um, And I've gotten to do that in some ways or another. But uh, in high school, I really got into like punk rock music. And the lyrics and the words from their songs really resonated with me. And um, I knew I was never going to be a musician because I can't sing and I can't play music. But the lyrics that they wrote and the words that they shared, the stories that they told through their words uh, connected with me in a deep way. And it made me want to do something similar. And then throughout uh, high school and, and even into college, like I, I wrestled a lot with like mental health with, you know, like, is this is living for me? How like, how do I navigate the world? How do I be myself? What does it mean to live? It's just heavy, right? Of all the things that I've come to learn and know, I just keep coming back to the fact that that life is heavy, that life is hard. And for some people, it's heavier and harder than for others. And for me, it just feels quite heavy. Uh, and then so I started following along the, the story and the organization of To Write Love on Her Arms. And they hosted an event back in uh, Orlando called... Uh, heavy and light. And it was a night of, uh, there's poets, musicians, storytellers. And so my friend Gary and I, we went and Anis Mojgani, who's a spoken word poet, he opened up the night. And I didn't know spoken word was a real thing. No idea it was a real thing. He gets on stage. He just walks up to the microphone and just calmly begins to share a poem. Uh, It's a poem called Shake the Dust. And everything inside of me just exhaled. Right. I just everything like became less tense. I listened to him speak and it was just the most beautiful and profound poem that I'd ever heard. And I thought, I can do this too. I can do something like this. I want to do something like that. And like I said earlier, you know, I graduated from college um, and then got fired from a job. And that's what kind of rolled into written to speak, becoming and being a thing. Um, but I wouldn't say my story is anything uh, like flashy or out of this world. It was really just you know, these, these, these bumps in the road that kind of pushed me in a different direction that allowed me to, to find and become my creative self. 
Because when I was a kid, I did not think that creativity was for me. Even in college, I almost failed an art class, like inner, like beginner art, where at the beginning of the year, the teacher was like the professor. She was said, you know, just do your best and you'll pass. And my best wasn't even good enough for her. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just kind of kept at it. And I couldn't, like, honestly, I, I couldn't help but write. And I couldn't help but but share. And I don't know if that was God's God nudging me to do that. Um, knowing that something greater was, was for me or that this was exactly the thing that I need to be, to be doing. Um, so yeah, you should email yeah. your art teacher that, uh, almost failed you and be like, who's the one making a living for it now, sister <laughs> or brother. I, yeah, uh, that's, that's not, that's not, that's not my style of doing things. My, my style of doing things is more so finding ways to get it in front of them so they can be oh, like, yeah. Oh, Oh, target an ad right on the school. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's, it sounds petty, but I mean, as a as a creative, like I remember being in high school, I was always the loud one. Um, I I really had a hard time focusing in class. I'm pretty sure, like if I would have got tested, I was probably dyslexic when it came to math. Um, my ADHD, mm-hmm. ADD. But if I would have been on Ritalin or anything like that, not dissing uh, people that are or anything, but my creative, like it it wouldn't be existent today. I wouldn't know. Um, where that comes from like the crazy ideas off the wall ideas that i run an agency off of now like probably would have been masked behind something stimulating my brain um and even like uh, i was class president i was uh, always doing the announcements and the pep rallies and people were always like it's too energetic i came from a tiny tiny town in georgia and <laughs> like everybody's like oh god there we go so i wouldn't say it was bad i was just like you know people people think it's just a phase like you're gonna get over it and like i i've never woken up and been like how am i gonna get famous today or how am i gonna do this how am i gonna do that it's never that it's just like i gotta find a way to let this creative energy out this inner like um you mentioned the guy went up to the microphone and calmly started speaking poetry i'm the complete opposite like i'm energetic i'm screaming like uh, i'm i get anxious before i hop on stage but it's like not easy to tell that because I'm yelling in your face. Like that's what an <laughs> MC does. I get people excited. Um, but it, it's just so amazing to hear your story. And I really want to dive into like the mental health aspect of it, because what you do is very thought provoking and you really dive into your mind and create poetry around your emotions and your feelings. And I'm sure that's changed as you've matured and even grown as a husband. and. um just gotten older like you see your art shifting and changing and going in different directions but did you find when you started writing poetry and even just journaling that your mental health improved just because you were being vulnerable and honest starting with yourself and um has that been a key factor in you learning to cope with it well you know the first thing that most therapists or counselors will say to you when you go to therapy is well you should start a journal you should start writing. You know, it's the the process of taking what's going on inside and putting it down on a piece of paper. There's something extremely therapeutic and honest and vulnerable, but also it's quite safe just to write down these things uh, because you can burn paper, you can bury it. Uh, it's not always going to be around. Uh, and so when I first started writing, first of all, I felt like everything inside of me was a little clunky. And clunky has become like like my new favorite word to describe the start of most projects. 
And uh, like when I first started writing, it was clunky, like figuring out how to stay inspired and be inspired and stay disciplined. It was all clunky. I even look back on just like the way that I was thinking and the way that I was feeling. And it was also in some ways quite, quite clunky. Uh, But as I learned how to be open and it's, it's a process, like it takes a lot to learn how to become open and honest and vulnerable and to say, this is how I'm feeling. To say, this is what's going on. To say, I need some help. To say, you know, things aren't okay right now. Uh, it's hard to do that. And it takes time to get better at doing it and to, you know, state why you feel the way that you feel and what you feel and why you feel that, right? But mm-hmm. um, yeah, writing has certainly helped me say what's going on and to wow. share what's going on. So my job is basically, I feel like I'm going to therapy every time I sit down to write because that's really what it is. And even, even in the things that were, it, there's has nothing to do with how I'm feeling, but the act of doing it just makes me feel better. It's, it's like exercise, right? It's mm-hmm. like going for a walk. Uh, but this just allows me to see some of the things that I'm thinking and feeling and going through. Um, yeah. And when you can state what you're going through, everything begins to change. Just begin to name it. Yeah. And when it comes to mental health, you know, everybody tries to put out like, here are five tips that help me. Here are five tips help me. Let me say this masterclass on how to conquer your anxiety. And really, there's no blueprint to success with it. Everybody's different. There's no way to really find a one size fits all method. So it's like, are you willing to put in the work and the time as an investment to better your future, whether it's your diet, whether it's um, you just affirming yourself verbally or writing it down, having like a quantum journal. Um, But also for me, like in uh, people listening know for a fact that I struggle with anxiety and depression at times in life. And one thing that really helps me is community but also being vulnerable about it when you speak like uh, I'm anxious, I'm depressed. Um, and then you start to realize I can overcome it. It's almost like the weight comes off your shoulders because even in the Bible, it speaks of when you bring things to light, like they're not in the darkness anymore. You can overcome them. It's easier to process them when you're talking about it. So be vulnerable. Um, you can uh, find the imagery of like it being a demon and just addressing that and the light will kill it. Like, so um, all that to say, has faith been a huge aspect for you in the space of mental health and even in your work? Oh yeah. I, I think one of the reasons why I got into writing was I wanted to communicate the story and the hope of Jesus in a different kind of way or to put it into words like again, that weren't a sermon or a song, but were uh, found in the words of a poem uh, while wrestling with anxiety and depression and all those things. Uh, the heaviness of this world, you know, you continue to come back. At least I continue to come back to um, the belief that something more is happening, that I'm not alone in this. And like, as hard as it may be to believe right now, like I, I know, like I know deep down that God is good and that I am not alone and that something more is happening here. Um, and I also, you know, I have the hope of heaven with me at all times. And I just think about that, like how glorious it's going to be but I'm not there yet. And I still have some things that I need to do here. Just yesterday, I wrote down, I wrote this little poem about like, I can't leave. Uh, actually, if I can find it, do you mind if I share it? I'm never, no, totally. I just, I just wrote this yesterday and it all started. It all started because I saw a picture of a moose and I've always <laughs> wanted to see a moose in the wild. And I haven't seen one before. I took a trip out East once, didn't see a moose. 
Here it goes. It goes like this. There are days when the thought of leaving slips into my mind. It's a thought that is dark and far from kind. And most of the time, I wonder how it worked its way to a place that leaves me feeling burned, burdened, blind, and behind. But, but I'm fine. At least that's what I tell myself from time to time. But I can't leave. I can't leave because I have yet to see the sun set over and through the redwood trees. And I can't leave because I have yet to find rest in the mess. And I still have a little something more to give than my best. And I can't leave because next Saturday I made plans and, and I don't want to be late. And I can't leave because I love the way she cooks. And part of me wonders at age 74 how I will look. And as silly as it sounds, I've never seen a moose in the wild. And I want to see a moose in the wild. And I can't leave because for as hard as living can be, I can't help but believe there is beauty beginning to bloom out of the brokenness. I believe there is. And I'm going to see it. So it's like writing, writing things like that. Like you call it good, you call it bad. It doesn't matter. It was the best part of my yesterday. Like writing that, that little poem, you know? Um, and it's just a reminder. I mean, that's half of what I do is I'm writing myself reminders and I share them with the world. And most of my reminders, actually, all of them come from the firm foundation that I'm loved by God, that I'm mm-hmm. sent by God, and that I'm forgiven. And I get to live in that beauty, in the beauty of grace and in the freedom of forever. And that, that changes the story. And that honestly changes what I write and how I write. That's amazing. And I can't help but imagine your next book cover having a moose on it. And (laughs) it's it's just interesting to me, the imagery that goes into it, because that kind of hits a good bit on suicidal ideation and overcoming that. And there's just so many aspects, like when it comes to poetry or even comics, like comedians, they have to come up with this stuff. And it's almost like um, I heard on a podcast yesterday, a comic talking about, you know, if you don't love comedy, even when you're bombing, like it's not for you. Mm-hmm. So even when you hop on stage and you felt like you had a bad night or you just weren't into it as much, the crowd's not as much going to pick up on that all the time. We're our own worst critic. Yeah. So even like if you're a car salesman or um, a cell phone repair guy, trash guy, um, UPS driver, whatever you do, like we all have our bad days, but we also have great days to make up for that. And we have to remind ourselves of the good times in life to keep us upbeat, keep us looking forward to something. If uh, you work Monday through Friday and you just can't wait to get to Friday because you don't have to work anymore, that might not be the best job for you. It might be bad (laughs) for your mental health. Maybe your boss is the worst in the world. I know I've worked for people that I definitely did not get along with and um, God flipped the script, but it all started with a yes. And I I really want to close out with how was that yes for you when you finally said you um, got fired from your job? You're like, all right, God, like... (laughs) I just got out of college. I lost my job. You're having this conversation. It's like there probably wasn't a shooting star or rainbow touching down in front of you, a million dollars handed to you. You just had to say yes and trust that he had a plan for it. What was that story like for you? Well, I think it's this ongoing process. It's these, I mean, I've been talking about this a lot recently. It's just these small faithful steps forward. And so every day it looks like, you know, saying like, you know, kind of like what you're saying, like saying yes again. Um, kind of accepting the invitation into this extremely strange and weird life for at least for me, for being a poet. Uh, but knowing that this is what I'm supposed to be doing, at least for right now, I may not be doing this forever, 
but for right now, this is where I'm supposed to be. And this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And so a lot of it looks like, you know, reaching out and grabbing the extended hand and saying, all right, let's go. Uh, let's, let's keep writing. Let's keep sharing. Let's keep learning. Let's keep growing. Um, but yeah, there definitely are, there are definitely are a lot of bad days and days when you wonder, and I think most artists and creatives, eh, probably all artists and creatives go through the, you know, like, am I even good at this? Does this even matter? Like, do, should I keep doing this? I think about quitting every single day, but then I also think about writing every single day and how much I love to do this. Um, it's definitely not, you know, it's not, like I said earlier, it's not easy to be alive. This is a heavy and hard world. Um, and so I know everyone else is fighting battles too and, and, and trying to figure out what they're supposed to be doing. And this is my way of figuring out what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm. And I think that's a good place to kind of end this on with that thought. Like if um, for the listeners, if you're listening and you're like, man, like I feel encouraged to chase that crazy dream I have. Maybe you want to be a clown. Um, like one of our uh, friends, Katie here at the show, she, uh, her Instagram name is Katie the Clown, like super unique, super vulnerable. That's putting yourself out there at the max. Like you want to be a clown, like you want to make people happy. Like a lot of people view clowns as like creepy things, but finding people that have these unique talents um, for you being a poet, for me being whatever I'm doing. Um, and it, it's, what is that step that we're willing to take today? For me, it was quitting my full-time job um, and starting to just do this whole Trevor Talks thing, starting to do this transparent media company thing, whatever people have in their brain for like, God, I feel like there's more. Don't, don't take that lightly. God can work through visions and dreams and he has such a bigger plan for each and every single one of us. And if that job is dragging you down, if it's causing you anxiety, causing you depression, causing you to be super on edge all the time, don't do that to yourself. I'm not saying to go quit your job and put yourself in a terrible financial situation, but go back and listen to the previous episodes. I brought in two financial experts to talk about that very thing, setting yourself up to be able to do that, setting your budget up because there's so much financial stress in this world, especially during a global pandemic as we're in now in 2021. So if you're watching this on YouTube or if you're listening to this on uh, one of the podcast streaming sites, take that action today, write it down. Here's what I want to do, but don't overthink it. Take one simple step and just go after it. And Tanner, thank you so much for joining us. Y'all can find Tanner over at writtentospeak.com as well as on social media at written to speak all over and uh, go check out his two books as we go. And I'm all over the place as well as check him out on Spotify, Apple music, all of the above for his poetry as well as YouTube. Correct. Oh, I feel like I'm everywhere, but TikTok. Ah, uh, yeah, me too. I don't, I'm not a TikTok guy, <laughs> but can't, man, can't thank you so much out. for, yeah. Thank you so much for taking time to do this. And, uh, no I really appreciate your story and you opening up about your mental health journey and the journey to becoming who you are today. We're proud of you. Uh, we're a fan here at Trevor talks of you. And, uh, I can't wait to see what uh, God has for you next. Appreciate it, man. I'll talk to you soon. Of course, talk to you soon. And for everybody listening, be sure to hit the like button, subscribe, um, and just thank you to New Release Today for making this episode happen. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Often we believe our questions mean we don't have faith, but I believe Jesus loves our questions. Our questions are windows into heaven. I'm Caden Fabrizio, and on the Questions with Caden podcast, we ask and answer one question per episode as relevantly and biblically as possible. Questions about fear, anxiety, depression, 
addiction, and so much more. Don't worry. Your questions, they're not going to scare Jesus. So ask away. Listen and subscribe now at lifeaudio.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.